Only the Lonely. It's East Fife and Saturday, and that team's much more successful than most Island fans will realise. They have won Scottish Cup, like us, but also they were the first Scottish club to win three League Cups. I caught up with journalist, friend and East Fife supporter Donald Walker, but why he supports East Fife, his early experiences at the Old Bayview, the club's recent past, what he knows about Airdrie, why Ernie McGarr, if not the best dressed man in Methyl, is certainly the best dressed snowplough driver, and what he thinks will happen when the Diamonds take on the Fife this Saturday. Welcome to the OTL Podcast with me, Colin Telford. This is a special preview ahead of the match with East Fife this Saturday. To timestamp it, it's Monday evening, so Airdrie are still top of the league. Uh, it might not last because Raith Rovers and East Fife have got their games in hand tomorrow. Uh, I'm joined by Donald Walker. Uh, Donald, it's one of these strange stories in life. I moved through to Edinburgh in 2007, started playing in a five-a-sides game, and sometimes you were you were there as a friend of somebody at the, the law firm that I was training at. Uh, I then, when Airdrie had all the bother with their badge, and I knew that you uh, worked in the media at that time, got in touch to say, could could we run a story? And you were good enough to give me uh, a page and a half when no one else was really interested. Uh, and then a few years later, my wife and I decided to start going to a church in Edinburgh and bumped into you again. So it's one of these strange coincidences that uh, I've met you in a, a number of walks of life. But The bad penny. <laughs> but more importantly, a, a, an East Fife fan. Uh, Most importantly. Yeah. So, so there's a good place to start. East Fife, why are you an East Fife fan? Um, it's it's all down to family. Um, most of my story in football it comes down to family. At, at the end of the day, my parents are from Methil, and although I was brought up in Kirkcaldy, I grew up as an East Fife supporter. Although that wasn't um, cut and dried from the from from the off, I have to say, because the first game I went to, um, my father took me along. Said, oh, "I must take you to the football to a football match." We're going to see Wraith Rovers against East Fife. And not knowing much about football sounded sounded good, but you know, I didn't really know one team from the other. I can remember speaking to some pals in the playground about it. And at the time both teams were, you know, bumping around near the, the bottom of the first division. So there wasn't really much to separate them. That was a big thing. Who was I going to support Wraith Rovers or East Fife? And and Dad didn't give me any pointers either way, which I still hold against them to this day. <laughs> Uh, so I went along to the game, and actually, um, Wraith Rovers won one nil. It was, uh, it was uh, well, the headline in the local paper was explosive. It, it was a real rip roaring encounter, one nil to Wraith Rovers, and I left thinking, well, I'm still not sure really which team I support. Both had caught the eye for various different reasons, but the the thing that really caught the eye was the spectacle of a, a live football match. So come the the the, the next week. My dad's football coupon arrived. He used to fill in Littlewoods every week. And I was going through the fixtures on the Saturday morning. Dad wasn't even out of bed. I was so keen to see what was happening that day. I was up early, get the coupon out. And it was East Fife were at home and Wraith Rovers away, having played at home the week before. And East Fife were playing a team called, really unusual name, St Mirren. I mean, what on earth, really? Um, St Mirren, I'm even saying it the right way. So I said to Dad, went up, Dad, 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 can you take me to this game? He's Fife, they're playing a team called St Mirren. Dad said, oh, yeah, yeah, I suppose if you fancy it, yeah, we can go along, have a look. I think, actually, if I'd gone along and said, if I'd said to him, look, can we go and see Wraith Rovers, he probably would have said he was 
washing his hair or something like that. Not so not twice in two weeks. So we went along to East Fife against St Mirren, and an absolutely sensational match. It was three all at Old Bayview. It was St Mirren led by Alec Ferguson, and they were a force to be reckoned with in the old First Division. Them and Clyde Bank dominated the league that season, and it, you know they were really um, top sides. I, I, I can remember the goals going in for East Fife and the excitement. Uh, I was hooked after that, so that was at East Fife for the team for me. Um, as it turns out, my dad had been an East Fife supporter all his life. He hadn't really let on, so I think he would be quite pleased that I had uh, I picked East Fife out of the two. So he kind of left me to my own devices about which team I should support, and just the way it worked out, I turned into an East Fife fan, like my dad and like my granddad and like my mum, and uh, you know from a family. Um, with an East Fife background, so I've stuck with them. You know, there've been times when I've not always gone along, but uh, it's been a long time now. And uh, yeah, you know, once you have a football team, you've got a football team for life. And let's take you back then. So, you whatever age you were then, you're walking to Old Bayview. What are the what are the sights and the smells that you you can remember from from those early experiences? Well, it's you know it's unreconstructed times, but it was alcohol. Cigarette smoke, pipe smoke, tobacco. Um, it'd be woodbine some of it. It was that far back, yeah. and uh, you know the smell of the uh, pie stall, and the uh, you know the colours of people with, with their scarves. Um, and it was in the seventies, so colours were getting quite really quite bright and fluorescent, almost luminous. So you would uh, they would dazzle you know, quite a bit, uh, and. Uh, you know, the songs, um, the aggression, you can't forget that as well. There was no segregation in those days. So it could be quite an intimidating experience, but, you know, thrilling at the same time. I didn't get into any bother, but you just knew to stay away from the bad boys. <laughs> and they were not never too difficult to identify. But as a little kid, I mean, I was eight years old, captivated by this experience, I mean, really live theatre. And that's before you even get onto what's happening on the pitch itself. So, you know, absolutely hooked on this. And after that, whenever possible, I'd get my dad to take me along to the game. We didn't go to very many away games, hardly any. But we'd make a point of going to um, go to Bayview and we would visit my dad's mum at the same time. Another part of the family linked to the club um, would go and see her. So that would be part of the, the Saturday ritual. I loved seeing her. We'd see her before the game. She'd be waiting for us after the game. And... Uh, yeah, it was just, you know, really exciting times for a wee boy who loved football and loved even more live football. Do you think you'd have gone on to a career in sports journalism if you hadn't been an East Fife fan? Well, I, I, you can see the, the maybe the early signs of going into something in, involved in the, um, in the media because I kept scrapbooks and still have them and every coffin spit I could find about the club would go in there and... You know, pictures, match reports, anything at all. Didn't matter which part of the newspaper they might, might have appeared in. You know, even a check presentation down at the, you know the bingo hall or something like that. If it was an East Fife player, buying it's in the scrapbook. Um, so I, I kept a lot of stuff like that. I'd make my wee, own wee notes alongside it as well. So I was sort of chronicling things at that time, and I fascinated with what the newspapers would say and who was saying them. And sometimes it was a mysterious, unnamed individual. And it was sometimes a little picture of somebody who I've never seen. I was never in the in the stand at Bayview. I was always on the other side of the ground. 
so that, you know these were people that were um, distant, um, detached, but I mean, respected their opinion. Couldn't wait to see what they had to say in the newspapers. We never made it onto TV, or well, once in a blue moon we did. So it was always in amongst the newspapers. You'd be looking for a, a mention of the club or some information. Those were the days where it had to be through the newspaper or the club program. If you're going to find out anything about the club, it would be there. So you scour them every day. What's happening? You know, has anybody arrived? Who's been suspended? Who's been called up before the SFA? You know, who's been released at the end of the season? Uh, and if you missed an edition of the newspaper, you were kind of stuffed. So, yeah, I mean, I was I was drawn towards that kind of thing. You know, the, 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 the press reports were, uh, were things that I sort of poured over and uh, just couldn't get enough of them, to be honest. So you were a student of the club by the sounds of it. Now, your two fans won't know, and I certainly didn't know, uh, the history of East Fife and the success that there's been. So Adrian's Golden Age was in the 20s, Scottish Cup in 24, second in the top flight four times, but nobody else would know that long because I'm an Adrian fan. Tell us about East Fife, when was the, the, the Golden Age of the Golden Black? Well, the, the, you're, you're right, it's similar. I mean, the 1920s, um, Airdrie's, all Airdrie's honours are in that period up until about 1926. There's probably a reason for them coming to an end in 1926. But for East Fife, it, the Halcyon days really are the sort of late 40s and into about the mid-50s. Um, having said that, they won the Scottish Cup just before the war. So a team that they'd assembled then uh, was effectively dismantled and trying to put things back together after six years of conflict for every club was a trial. Um, and I think there's maybe only... Two players from the cup winning team, Scottish Cup winning team, who made the transition to the League Cup winning team of the of 1947. So what might have been as part of it as well, um, but yeah, the, the 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 late 40s and into the, into the 50s were you know really the very special times, and that's the time when my father was a supporter, and I was. I can't get enough of these stories about what went on, the players of that time, um, the the feats, the characters, um, the, the incredible results, the cup wins, etc. So, you know, Dad was able to tell me about them whenever I asked that, you know, from an early age, he wouldn't force them upon me. Um, although I do remember the first time I discovered these five had won these trophies, it was in Shoot magazine, there's a wee little paragraph about them. I said, Dad, Dad, did you know, did you know he's five won the Scottish Cup, the League Cup three times? Actually, I said, no, do you know what he's five on the Scottish Cup? He said, yes, in the League Cup three times. I said, really? Really? He said, aye, aye, what are you reading there? And I showed him, he said, aye, you'll not see much about Wraith Rovers in that. <laughs> and from then on, uh, you know, huge interest in, uh, in East Fife off that period. Still have to this day. I love collecting old photographs from that period. Um, uh, uh, you know, finding old newspaper cuttings about you know, what actually went on as they, uh, you know, as they as they were a force in Scottish football, and it's amazing seeing what people wrote about them, about you know the the, the, the praise for the team, the compliments for the way the club was run. Uh, it must just have been an extraordinary time to be an East Fife supporter, and uh, you know that not many links for that that time left now. But you know anybody I've spoken to uh, who was who followed the team at that at that time, it's. Uh, you know, you could listen to them all day. You can't can't get enough of these of these stories. And um, I, you know, it, it took me some time before I realised that 
eventually people who could tell these stories wouldn't be around any longer. So I've made the most of it since the point of realising that and, and, and spoken to as many people as, as I can about it. My mum passed away earlier this year and um, one of our favourite stories from our childhood, or as, I, as I said at the funeral, perhaps it's my favourite story of our childhood, was seeing his wife bring the, the Scottish Cup back to Methyl. She was there on our, our father's shoulders, 1938. And, I, I, you know, really, um, what an extraordinary time in a place the size of Methyl, um, an outpost of Scottish football, and there's the Scottish football's premier trophy being brought back uh, on top of a on top of a bus um, to show to um, almost disbelieving but ecstatic public lining the streets in Methyl. Oh goodness me! And in a nutshell, if you can, why was that success? You got a conflict in the middle of it. You've got a period of what we're talking 10, 15 years from start to finish. How does a wee club like these five manage to to punch above its weight? Well, first of all, the, the club's success in 1938, a lot of it can be put down to um, the manager um, of um, from pre-war, um, David McLean, who became the Hearts manager later. Uh, he uh, he set the club up for um, that, that kind of success uh, by gradually building and building um, the you know o- over a sustained period of time an operation that would be a force to be reckoned with. Um, but after he departed to Hearts, um, it was the chairman, John MacArthur, who, uh, who really took the reins and he ran the club exceptionally well. Uh, it was him who uh, lured Scott Simon to be the manager uh, and Scott Simon obviously went on to, uh, to, to, to big things as manager of Preston North End and then Rangers after East Fife. Um, but MacArthur was, a, was good at spotting a player as well as spotting a manager. Um, so the club's success was really built around you know, what he did at Bayview in the sort of the nineteen forties, and uh, and tragically um, he uh, he uh, was lost in nineteen forty nine at the at the League Cup semi final when East Fife were playing Rangers at Hamden. Um, the game was into extra time. That was his that was his big goal to see East Fife beat Rangers, and uh, East Fife scored. Uh, as, uh, an incredible winning goal in extra time and Mr MacArthur who had been advised by his doctors not to attend the match collapsed and died uh, of a heart attack in the Hamden Pavilion that night so things were never the same after that and you could probably put the decline down to that moment as well we take a big step forward then to the present day or, or in the, the middle of that you've had a career that's probably kept you away from the football uh, for big chunks of it so what is it that's kept you you know, same as me, you're in Edinburgh, you've got a young family, uh, there's other things that you could do. What's the attachment to East Fife? What keeps you going back? Well, for a, for a long time, it was, again, it was family. Um, whereas, first of all, my dad had taken me to the football. As he got older, I took him. So it was a way of uh, catching up with him, you know, once a fortnight. And we would go to the game together. Uh, great fun, catch up a bit more than the, more than the football. So, you know, and then it becomes ingrained after that. Although, you know, Methyl's a hard place to get to from anywhere. So it's not easy. I, I, when it was announced that the, the, uh, the, the rail line is going to reopen to leaving, oh my goodness, for me, that's life-changing. It can take long enough. Um, you certainly can't have a drink with your friends if, you, if, you, if you've taken the car. If you get public transport, well, you know, set off early on Saturday morning and you might get back late on Saturday night as well. It's not as bad as that, but I mean, it does take forever. 
um, getting off the train, getting the bus at Kirkcaldy. For me, it's easier to actually go to Airdrie, just jump on the train here uh, into Drumgellach and, um, you know, whatever it is, 10, 15 minutes walk. I got chased by a dog up the back one night going to a midweek game against these five. That's, that's a result, <laughs> if that's the worst that you've got in the route. It's not the first time I've been chased uh, going to an Airdrie <laughs> game, but, you know, it was, uh, it was a bit of a surprise. That's two or three, uh, four or five seasons back. I haven't gone back that route again since. Uh, and oh, I've said state of the kingdom rather than state of the nation. To me, it feels like East Fife have been in a, a period of relative su- sustained success. Uh, surprised when you got relegated a few years ago, but but bounced straight back up. Compared to things relative to Airdrie, we had Caelan McAleer uh, on loan from Patrick Thistle. We were desperate to sign him, despite you being relegated. You managed to sign him. I know he didn't have a great time at East Fife, but it kind of suggested there was a level of investment there where. You could outbid us essentially, so it feels as if you're not in too bad a place. But is that that's my view from the outside? Do you think that's you're pulling a face? Well, the you know, no, you're right. You're right. It's um, uh, they have stability now, which they didn't have uh, for a while. Um, I wouldn't say uh, it's the the best setup um, that you could uh, you could want at your football club. But um, they went through a really rough patch. Um, a, a few years back where um, a, a new regime came in and decided it was going to spend, spend, spend based on what I believe was going to be future earnings, ultimately league games against Rangers. And um, actually the, the club entered a financial black hole um, towards the end of that season. And it was only through the sale of a uh, parcel of land uh, at Bayview that they managed to um, to hold things together, as I understand it. Um, but since then, they've been run quite prudently and there's no sense of um, spending money that's not going to come in. Now, they've done well with a couple of cup games here and there, but it's uh, it's probably reached the, the only... gone as far as it can under the current setup because the majority um, shareholding is uh, is owned by a party that's not interested in the club. So if the club is going to make any progression uh, beyond where it exists at the moment, it would need investment and the owners aren't going to invest. And if they're not going to invest, nobody else is going to invest in somebody else's yeah. club. So until that position changes, East Fife are probably going to be there or thereabouts where they are at the moment. And... You know, that's not a bad thing at the moment. There's a bit of stability. You would hope, though, at some point you would have owners who were more actively involved in the club and wanted to push it forward. Um, now, the, the guys who are in charge just now, the directors, where they do want the club to do as well as it possibly can. But ultimately, it's it's not up to them. Uh, it's, it's more a case of whoever owns the club uh, has to take the lead. And that doesn't really happen. Where is the shareholding? Is it people that have inherited it or...? Hey, we're going to be here all night if I get into this okay. one. I have to say, I've written about this many times and I get I bore myself with it, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into it. But um, the, just some people who are listening probably remember that a few years ago, a guy called Neil Rankin was uh, charged with the SFA of having um, dual interest in East Fife and Livingston. And he divested his interest in Livingston 
which uh, indicates that um, he kept his interest in East Fife, but who knows, certainly the shares are not in his name. And I haven't looked at the accounts recently, sorry, the shareholding recently, so uh, I don't know when, whether uh, uh, the, the, the majority shareholding that I refer to is, it's, is still in place, it's been superseded or whatever, but for a long time, it's been uh, it's been a party that hasn't uh, hasn't wanted anything to do with the football club and has left it to other people. Coach, it feels to me like you've got a, a young and fairly successful coach. How do you think Darren Young is doing at East Fife? He's uh, he's doing very well. I thought it was a great choice for the job when it came up, and he uh, is certainly making his mark. He's had very not- notable results that have. Uh, that have made a lot of people take notice of what he's doing and uh, he's recently been uh, in for a couple of full-time jobs which is well, it's difficult, it's unsettling because you know the manager could be away at any time and you don't want to lose him because you know, you're know you doing quite well under him, he's doing well and uh, that's life in football that if he gets a better offer as a full-time manager, which he will want to be sure he'll aspire to be a full-time manager, then he'll want to go for that. Um, I would prefer he, he hung on a bit longer because I'd like to see him actually achieve something at the club before he moves on. And the last couple of seasons, actually, East Fife have ended the seasons pretty badly. Last season, after a great start to the season, right up to maybe January, they were, they were in such a strong position. And then I think they won... Just one of the last sixteen games, and that includes cup games. But still, yeah. really, um, they went through the floor there. And if they hadn't done so well earlier in the season, they would have been candidates for relegation. The previous season, I think they won something like one of the last six or last seven games. Again, after a stronger showing earlier in the season. So, I'd like to see him see a full season without that happening. For instance, yeah. I think any club that's wanted to take him on might be thinking about that as well. And, you know, we also look at you're only as good as your most recent result. Well, lost to a non-league team on Saturday in the Cup. So that hasn't been uh, something to add to his CV, I wouldn't have thought. Um, so, that yeah, he's he's still learning, obviously. And I think he could learn a lot more at East Fife, but I can understand other clubs would look at him as something attractive and say, let's take a chance with him. He's done really well at East Fife. Uh, Different gig though, full time football and part time football. Not everybody can make that step. You know, it takes a bit of transition. Is there any thoughts as to why? Because the last two seasons it's been notable that your your form has gone off a cliff to the extent that a guy I worked with was on a stag do at the end of not last season but the one before, and everybody there had the message of bet against these five today because the form had gone. Uh, so I mean that is yeah. a bit worrying. Yeah, uh, once once the confidence goes, that's it. It's very hard to get it back. But uh, remember, they're a part-time team. They've got a, quite a limited squad. So come the end of the season, it's hard to, 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 to maintain the consistency that you might have shown for a large part of the season. But to do it for the whole season, that, that, that could be tough. You know, injuries, suspensions, players will go off form. You're asking a lot of the same guys week after week after week. So in those circumstances... It's inevitable you will go off the boil at some point, and 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 sometimes it's hard just to get back on. Uh, uh, the other aspect is other teams are either full time or you know hybrid, 
full-time, part-time. And that's where you start to see the benefit. I hear a lot at the moment about, oh, look at East Fife, part-time team. You know, they're showing up, um, Wraith Rovers, um, Falkirk, whoever, these, these full-time outfits. Actually, their advantage is likely to come later in the season. Bigger squads, full-time players, that's when it will start to count. So that might be something to do with why things have fallen away. And, and just come on to your squad this year, it, you're in the mix uh, as the team with the most limited budget up there. So for it to be Falkirk are toiling, have sacked their manager, uh, Wraith Rovers and Airdrieville are running these hybrid systems which will need probably a higher level of finance and East Fife are neck and neck with everyone. Do you think it's a, is that a talented squad? Yeah, it is a talented squad. And that is the biggest feather in the manager's cap, is recruitment. It's been really good, particularly just past. He got it all done early, and he got the players they wanted, and they've, they've delivered. Uh, usually at this stage of the season, you're like, oh, goodness me, so-and-so has just not worked out at all. I can't really say that about anybody that he's picked up for the club recently. Missed them lately. Since liquidation... My understanding is we've only ever paid one money for one player, and it was Jonathan Page because they didn't realise how much money he had left <laughs> in his contract. So they were told, "Don't oh, no, you have to pay for him?" Right, uh, uh, of course. So, so you had funds to, with which to do it from selling yeah. Page. Yeah, Page. I was surprised he wasn't a success with Airdrie because he was very popular, um, certainly in the early days at Bayview. The things didn't go so well towards the end, but he was the kind of guy that you wanted to be on the team sheet. Uh, he carried a lot of responsibility. He's the kind of guy that if things were going against you and you were goal down with a minute, couple of minutes to go, even though he's playing centre half, he'd be flung up to centre forward. He's that kind of guy. He might get you a goal. He'd certainly create enough baller to create an opportunity. But uh, you know, it just didn't work out here. And uh, you know, I'm interested to hear why. What you know, what did you make of him when he was at the club? So, typical post Bosman era football. We only had him for a year. He was injured for a bit of that, and I think he never really got himself fit. Yeah, a few bad performances is enough to get the fans offside with you. Yeah, and you know, last season was a bit of a disaster for us. We were all full of hope at the start of it, and the recruitment turned out not to be good. Uh, and Paige was in amongst that, as was uh, well. Miller wasn't particularly popular last year. However, has now he's working away. He's in this winning every squad that we've got just now, and the fans are more on side. Whether that's just getting to blend the people next to him, right? Um, but I think Paige was unlucky in terms of with a glut of players who didn't really perform, found himself out of the team and didn't really get back in and then was frozen out really at the start of this season until he found a club. He thought he'd got himself a way to get to Peterhead. That fell through. He was quite angry at the club and he was turned up at, at Brecon. Um, but again, they don't seem to be pulling up any trees so I don't know how much of that can be down to one guy but yeah. uh, it's noticeable that no one that left last year is it's kind of performing anywhere. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, that's sometimes a pointer. I'm. I'm sorry. Sorry to see he's not. He's not picked up again because, you know, I thought he had a lot going for him. But you know that happens. Airdrie, what are your thoughts on Airdrie either from games that you've seen or things that you've covered as a uh, in your role as a journalist? I always think of Airdrie as a team that is there, there, thereabouts at the top of Scottish football because when I started, my first game was in 1976. Airdrie are not long at the Scottish Cup final by then. Now, I've just missed that, but I'm aware they were there. And, uh, you know, I remember their years in the, the Premier Division as it was. So I've always thought of them as a team who were capable of playing in the top league, but wouldn't always be there. 
and then I've seen them come down the leagues and play against East Fife. But looking at say the last ten years, would I be right in saying they have been largely in the second tier of Scottish football? The last ten years, no, I think we've got a couple third tier, third tier, third tier and yeah. a couple of ventures back into the championship. Yeah. Ironically, when other teams have gone bust. Yeah. And yeah. not, not being able to stay up there. So but a lot of it comes down to you know, financial situation. Yeah. You know, what happened to the club previously. Because when you got to that stage, you were never going to get back to where you were. Not in a hurry. Very, very hard once you get into that situation. All sorts of things start to go wrong at the club. You don't need me to tell you this. And and a lot is lost. A lot is lost. I remember when um, when Adrianians, just before they went out of business in 2003, is that right? 2003? Well, the, the guy who was trying to buy them at the time uh, is uh, a real favourite of his Fife supporters, Steve Archibald, because um, he came to his Fife and uh, he was wonderful for the club. The club had never had a higher profile. It was great to watch as well. Um, the things he did uh, and his ambition for the club was just something that everybody believed in. It was just what, what an experience it was to follow the team around the country when he was playing, never mind managing. You know, having Steve Archibald in your team. Uh, so I really wanted him to do well. Things went very, very badly wrong between him and the board of directors. He was removed. That was kind of stunning and a real sense of hopelessness when he left because if this wasn't what the directors wanted, then what did they want? Where were we going to go? Anyway, he ended up at Airdrie and I know he tried to achieve a takeover, which didn't happen. And I could see... You know, negotiating with Steve Archibald would be hard. So was it a huge surprise when it didn't happen? Not really, even though stakes were high. And then kind of he's lost to Scottish football after that. And I thought he had so much to offer the game here in Scotland with his experience elsewhere. I also think he's quite, you know, he's a really smart guy, very intelligent guy, different thoughts about the game, picked up from elsewhere as well. And you know, it didn't work out. His five didn't work out at Airdrie. It should have worked out somewhere, but it didn't. So... You know, for more than one reason, I had an interest in what was happening to Airdrie at that time. But back to what you're saying about my my impressions of Airdrie, obviously I know them from cup finals as well. I know them from getting into Europe. I remember the game, it was the it must have been the League Cup semi-final. Was it League Cup semi-final against Hearts or was it the Scottish Cup semi-final? Scottish Cup Scottish semi-final Cup. against Hearts. Yeah, yeah. It was, a, it, was, it was a Saturday game on the replay as well. I was at both those games. And... Well, what a night the replay was for Airdrie. What a night. We, we you know, just, it was on edge. Uh, and the celebrations when they got through was, uh, well, it was thoroughly merited. I remember the Hearts fans that night as well too. So, you know, I've seen Airdrie in the big time. And I've seen them in, you know, on their uppers as well. So uh, it's hard when you see a club like that. You know, they previously had a, yeah, a very prominent role in Scottish football, you know, storied club really, with, with honours, albeit some time ago, most of them, but great players over the years. And, you know, within my lifetime of watching football, a, a player at the top table. So when you see them uh, in, in, in trouble now, you see any club in trouble after administration, it's, it's it, it, you know, it's not, it's not good to see, not good to see. But you can see them rebuilding as well. It just takes a long time. You do lose something. You know, the Airdrie I first saw and the Airdrie now will be two very different things and that's not just because of the different ground. So, yeah, it's... Uh, you can see certain 
aspects of it, you think, goodness me, you know, they're doing well still to be there. In fact, it's only by chance that they've survived um, after the 2003 event. Um, but I'd like to think that they're beyond that and they wouldn't go near that again. You'd like to think that most clubs would learn the lesson and not repeat it, but you know, it, has, it has happened before in other places. I'd like to think Adrian are going to steer clear of that. Uh, there's parallels between us. Uh, we had a real near brush with it recently when Tom Wotherspoon, who owns MH Logistics, who were also a shirt sponsor at East Fife, took over the club, talked a great game, we're training in Ravens Craig, we're heading back for the big time, and it all collapsed like a, a house of cards after one season. So I think this might be the last chance to learn, but I see parallels between Airdrie and East Fife, both moved from their historic grounds. Airdrie Method would have been different places in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s than they are now. Uh, I was just wondering your thoughts of what's what's the future for a provincial club in a post-industrial town? What, what should they be aiming to do? Because it probably won't be regular League Cup victories, but, but how can you be relevant and grow in a sense? How can you be relevant and grow? Great questions. You, you, you First and foremost, you've got to respect the community and engage with the community and a great many clubs haven't been very good at that. Uh, a great many clubs haven't recognised over the years of how much the local area has changed, how much their fan base has changed and uh, have perhaps operated without taking note of going on around them uh, and have suffered as a consequence uh, because age alone means you have to you have to bring in new blood you have to bring in new young supporters and you just can't rely on the older ones uh, and unless you give younger supporters something to shout about something to excite them and thrill them the way they're talking about the experience first thrilled me then you don't stand a chance and until you can actually give the local community something to be proud of. Now, you don't have to win all the time for them to be proud of you, but until you do that, then they're not going to engage with you. They've got a million other things to do. Um, football should be a great, fun experience, whatever the result is. And I've been to many, many games where it just isn't. And, and you look at kids just not interested, not even looking at the park. Football should be theatre especially when you're sitting right in front of the players and you can feel just about every tackle. Um, if you don't make supporters feel that this is a special experience and something that they want to be part of and you know cover the shirt if you like, then they're not going to come along. But this has been the this has been the problem since you know since the game began. How do you, how do you do that? And it's hard, even harder now as I said, the multiple interests that people have outside. But the, 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 the key is that engagement level, get into the schools, all the clubs do that. Well, a lot of the clubs do that now. But once you've got them there, you've got to give them something that wants them to come, that makes them want to come back. And I, I sometimes see groups of school kids there and think, really, you know, are they going to, are they going to come back or go, go home and say to their mum or dad, look, I'd really like to go to the, to, you know, to the football again. And some of them will, but you know the vast majority probably won't. Um, so it's tough. It's a really tough call. You know what do you do about pricing? You know what do you do about facilities? Uh, you know clubs are all strapped for cash. Very hard. Ticket prices are arguably too high. 
but if you if you lowered them, would there be a club? Possibly not. Uh, so yeah, you know, everybody's trying to split the atom on that one. I, you know, <laughs> don't pretend I've got the answers. But I have been heartened to see the amount of younger supporters that have been coming to Bayview recently and creating a bit of atmosphere. And, you know, I, I know that they probably annoy some people because they're loud and uh, they like to, you know, they like to be heard. Well, fantastic. You know, that's how I remember football. So everybody wants an atmosphere, especially in the soulless stadia that we, that we visit now. Parallels between the clubs... You have written a piece for Nutmeg magazine, which is a Scottish football periodical, very recently with Ernie McGar, who I didn't realise is your groundsman, but obviously played a, a big role at both clubs. What was Ernie like? Ernie's great. I mean, uh, Ernie's, you played in the first football match I ever saw, and uh, uh, he stood out a mile because he looked so different to the other players. And, uh, you know, this is the 70s, the swinging 70s, and Ernie didn't look like the coolest cat in town back then. In fact, he looked old. Let's, you know, let's not beat around the bush. He looked old. He didn't have much hair. Now, when I say he looked old, he was, he was 32. I mean, ancient, really. Goodness. <laughs> um, so, you know, Ernie was one of the first guys that caught my eye. I remember him in his green um, Adidas goalkeeper shirt. It was one of those ones with the three three white stripes down the, uh, the sleeves, kind of... I don't know, shiny sort of sheen to the, the, the shirt and it had foam under the elbows. It's like padded goalkeeper shirt. I've never seen anything like this. This is a, this is a professional footballer. So Ernie uh, goes back to my earliest memories of football. Uh, so I was nervous when I went to meet him recently because, you know, it's the old thing about never meet your heroes. Now, stretching a point, as I've said in the article, to say Ernie was one of my heroes, but certainly he was there at that first game I was at, which created a huge impression on me. And I was terrified that Ernie was going to say, ah, oh, it was just, nah, that was nothing at all. You know, there, there, were, there were three guys sent off in the game and people were carted off to hospital and there were beer bottles flying on the pitch. And to me, it was, it, it, the game was outrageous. And I thought Ernie would say, ah, oh, I don't even remember that game, Donald. But no, he did remember it, which was great. So that was, it was, it was great to talk about those days as well. Um, and funnily enough, Ernie is, he's the best dressed man at Bayview. Honestly, if, when I'm talking about somebody who looked perhaps a bit scruffy as a player, you know, one of his one of his uh, former teammates, Peter McQuaid, refers to when Ernie walks in, they'll say, "Here comes Ernie McGard dressed like a tailor's dummy." I mean, he's he's, he's pristine, really immaculate. Um, so I sat down with Ernie and, and, and chatted about um, the old days and, and and the current days as well, because he's the, the groundsman at Bayview. He looks after the artificial pitch. He looked after the grass pitch before that, and it was an award-winning pitch. So it was hard for Ernie. No secrets that when the, when they decided to to dig up the pitch and put in an artificial one, he was, you know, he was a bit disappointed. But he's gone with the change and he's taken on the responsibilities of looking after an artificial pitch, which actually takes a fair bit of looking after. He says it takes more looking after than the grass pitch did, and uh, it gets a lot of use because it's community use as well. So you know he, he's kept very very busy there. But interesting guy from Govan. Settled in Fife, uh, he was at Dunfermline, and then came to East Fife. He was at East Fife for a number of years, and stayed on in Fife. You know, most players would head off somewhere else or or back to where they originally came from. But Ernie's been in Fife ever since, and he worked at the the golf club Leaven, 
and he, he he's worked at East Fife and he's you know he's a regular at the club. And after I featured him in a piece in the programme earlier in the season against Airdrie, he landed an invitation to this Saturday's game as a guest of Airdrie, which is which is terrific. And at last I spoke to him, he was he, he was intent on it on attending. So hopefully he'll be there and uh, they'll make a fuss of him. He's still ours right enough. He's not, you know, he might have played for Airdrie, but he's still an East Fife man as far as we're concerned. Uh, and he was a Scotland international as well. Uh, uh, so, you know, there's some great stories about Ernie and, uh, and some of them I've touched upon in the, in the Nutmeg article. Um, my favourite of which is the uh, when he was an Aberdeen player. Uh, Ernie was the Aberdeen goalkeeper. He kept Bobby Clark out of the team. And in fact, Aberdeen... Aberdeen played Bobby Clark uh, as an outfield field player just to include him in their team because he couldn't he couldn't dislodge Ernie from the position of goalkeeper. Clark was such a good footballer that they put him in as an outfield player. But that, that's how good Ernie was. Uh, at, uh, he hit a sticky patch at Aberdeen uh, around Christmas 1969. Their game was called off and uh, 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 Ernie and Joe Harper... Aberdeen legend and and Derek Mackay, Cup Tie Mackay, as most people that era would remember, they decided they'd go out for a few drinks in Union Street, and well, one thing led to another, and uh, a few hours later they ended up driving a snowplow down Union Street with uh, Ernie at the wheel and uh, and Harper and Mackay um, shoveling sand off the back of the pavements. Anyway, this didn't go terribly well, and you know, to find out the rest of what happened, you might want to look up Nutmeg, the next edition. I didn't write all of the story, which involved an encounter with Eddie Turnbull in the manager's office. But fair to say, when I spoke to Ernie about this, he wasn't too keen on talking about it. In fact, he was slightly miffed that Joe Harper had included this story in his autobiography, uh, which Eddie thought had been a bad idea. But as I've said in the piece, it wasn't the most robust denial of what Joe had said in the book. <laughs> what happens with the snowplow stays on the snowplow? <laughs> Well, exactly, exactly. And uh, I don't think it's one that any of them would ever have repeated after uh, Eddie Turnbull's um, uh, reaction to events on that fateful day. Right back to the present then. So Saturday will be a top of the table clash, regardless of the, the midweek results. How do you think it will go and how do you think your season will pan out? Well, if you'd asked me the same before the first game between the teams earlier this season, I would never have said these five would win 4-1. Uh, so, you know, uh, obviously I'm never going to say this time that East Fife will win 4 1. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, it will obviously be a lot closer game uh, this time round. East Fife are slightly off the boil. They're missing Ryan Wallace, and albeit they scored three goals on Saturday, they shipped four at the back. So, you know, prior to that, they've been, they've been struggling a bit to, you know, to get on, on, on the score sheet. They did have a good result against Dumbarton just the week before, but prior to that, the goals have dried up a wee bit. So we'll just have to see what team turns up. Really, they should be uh, out to prove a point. That said, they've got a game tomorrow night, so maybe you know it'll be maybe Saturday's game will be influenced by events that have not yet taken place as we sit here and discuss things. Um, but East Fife will go certainly looking to take something out of the game. Absolutely, um, they've gone to they've gone to Starks Park. And uh, you know, could have won that game. They went to Falkirk and got a point there without too much trouble as well. They would expect to go to Airdrie and believe that they can come away with something from the match. They might not, but certainly they've got the ability to do so. 
Although all this said in the context of the last game, when you've lost a non-league time team for only the second time in your history, then you know all bets are off, I suppose. Um, so we just have to see what what East Fife team turn up. Adrian, of course, will have a point to prove uh, because that would be a shock for them for one at Bayview earlier in the season. Um, I don't think any Adrian supporter would have set off for Bayview that day thinking that's what the outcome was likely to be. But that's really just part of the package East Fife have been this season. Um, they have been a surprise. Um, they have been consistent and they have produced some really impressive results and that was just one of them. So um, that wasn't a one-off that particular game. There have been other, uh, been other really good performances. Um, it's again a case of whether they can sustain them and, and, and the big question over you know, how they react to what was uh, a humiliating defeat on Saturday against BSC Glasgow and, um, and one that didn't offer much by way of encouragement either. Give you some encouragement. You've won six out of seven away ties this year and only two of seven at home. So the fact that you did lose 4-1 to you on the road is uh, makes it even more impressive. Uh, for the season, do you think playoffs should be a minimum target? You're uh, it's hard to say. I mean, last year they were an absolute certainty for the playoffs, and then uh, 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 and then they crashed and burned from February onwards, and obviously didn't make the playoffs. And they certainly looked strong enough to get there, uh, and it would be a real disappointment if they didn't. Uh, it comes back to the thing about you know, I think that it'd be good to see the manager complete the season and get them to the playoffs. That would be that would be where you'd say actually right, okay, he's ready to move on if that's what he wants to do. Um, and that's where other clubs would, would be saying that really you know okay this guy's got them to the playoffs in circumstances where it's a very difficult league this year with Falkirk coming down Wraith Rovers st still being there and Airdrie obviously another um, of the uh, another of the teams that would, would fancy the title this season so um, if he's got them there and thereabouts at the end of the season then, then great uh, it's, it is it is about that consistency and you know in the, in the what was it? The second, well, only Liverpool um, remained undefeated in the league after East Fife finally lost a game of all the teams in the UK. I believe that was the statistic. Um, so the, 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 they've done really well to get that far. They just need to keep it going now. Um, bizarre thing I'll throw in here. When they played Dumbarton a week past Saturday, that was the first league game they played on grass this season. So... Really, you know, strange to look back on all those games and think, oh my goodness, you know, it used to be the the artificial pitch was the, the one-off. And of course, with the artificial pitch at Bayview, it's more than one-off now. But going into that game, I thought, how on earth are they going to do? Is this is this going to be a problem now, playing on grass? But they turned in a, 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 one of their best performances and a, and a great victory to get back on track. So they have no fears about whatever service they're playing on. And then finally, I can't go without one of the things that I relate most cl closely to these five. Before there was social media, four things went viral. Someone in the stand came up with a song that starts with the line, they come from near Loch Gelly. I mean, surely that should have been a Champions League place. They give them out for fair play awards. That's, that must be the best terrorist chant ever. It's, uh, th that's funny, that one. I mean, it, no, nobody's ever going to forget that. And if you go on YouTube, there's a clip of it when STV featured it 
Now, you, you, you look at the comments afterwards, people saying it's shocking that this was ever considered to be a news story. And yet, you know, people still talk about it to this day. So, you know, it must have had some news value. Some of the comments on it from the local residents are are, uh, are priceless. And it made it on to, uh, what was the quiz show? Uh, no, no, no. Um, they think it's all over. They think it's all over, yeah. yeah. And that, in fact, that's what the, the YouTube clip is from. And, uh, and of course, it gains fame or notoriety from that. And uh, it's, it's stuck with the club ever since. In fact, I, I heard recently somebody come, coming up with a, a second verse for it. I can't remember. It was an off the ball or something like that. Uh, and it was, you know, how can we, how can we update the, the infamous Cowden song? And, uh, you know, actually, in, in recent years, Cowden Beath have had the last laugh because it went, East Fife went for years without being able to get a result against Cowden Beath. Things have probably changed a bit now, but you know the the, the song the, the song is still there. Uh, it's just one of those things that you know football fans uh, it appeals to their imagination, and uh, uh, and you know it was quite funny at the time at somebody's expense. <laughs> I think it's the, the the genteel nature of it as well. You get so much uh, sectarian bell gets spouted, and then here someone <laughs> comes up with a song right Raymond Smelly Telly and Loch Kelly. Yeah, can't beat it. Yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't kindest to the good people of Cain Beath. Um, and it would be nice to say they took it in good humour, but they probably didn't, and why should they have? Oh, that which added to it as well when you see the news story. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it, it, as, as some have said, you know, you know, people from, um, fr- from, from one struggling area of Fife having a go at people in another struggling area of Fife, hmm, do we really... You know, that's a bit rich, kind of, you know, but still very, very funny. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's uh, you know, it's part of these five story now, for better or worse. I remember going to Airdrie games and the Airdrie fans would sing Only the Lonely. Uh, that Also, that was really impressive. I liked that. I remember they won promotion starts park, 91, maybe 91. Yeah, I was there, yeah. Yeah, I was there that day as well, because I lived in Kirkcaldy, but hated Wraith Rovers. I love to go and see them lose. It's really perverse. I can't, I, you know, <laughs> I, I don't feel good about myself about that. Um, but you go down and see them, and if the, the chance to see Edward win the league, so not win the league, a game promotion, there was going to be a, you know, there's going to be something at stake. Went along to that, and they were all singing uh, only the lonely at the end. That, 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 you know, it was one of those moments. I thought, God, if you're an Edward fan, this is this is quite good. Um, the Wraith Rovers fans were livid because they um, got to. Basically, you know, they stayed behind and the stadium was there to celebrate the achievement. I still remember the seethe that was going on amongst some of the diehard Wraith Rovers fans. Get over it, you know. Couple of the guys that moment it just so happens that the, you know, the game that put them up is in is in your is in your backyard. Uh, so in terms of football songs, that's a good one. I always like that one. The title of this very podcast. In fact, we'll play out with it now. Oh!